0: aloha we have melissa shad here with us today how are you melissa
1: i'm doing well thank you thanks for having me on the show with you
0: oh it's an honor thank you for your time you know you're a busy person you're an entrepreneur you're a mom um you you got so much going on in your life which i think is great which i mean it's awesome that you'll take the time to share with us and stuff
1: Absolutely. And and,
0: and and the funny thing is is that we see each other at races and being who we are we see each other for 5 seconds 10 seconds and then you're gone usually and all i see i i ask sometimes the uh, people on the on the broadcast i ask them to turn around because i don't recognize you except from behind
1: <laughs> oh did you see that
0: yeah, oh, that's 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 Melissa. Oh you no, know,
1: it's usually the ponytail that's flopping in the wind.
0: <laughs> well, I could tell I could tell you a story about ponytails, but I won't. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, Melissa, where where do you guys live exactly? Are you, are you in La Palhoy or
1: we're in Papa So ah. that's um right next to La Palhoy Um, so the school, the community charter school, is here in La Palhoy Hoy, uh, but. I'm right next door to the Papa Aloha Country Store, which kind of reopened up a few years back. So that's how most people know it. So when clients come to my house, I can just say, hey, do you know where the Papa Aloha store is? I'm right next door. So now everybody knows where I live and uh, (laughs) we were just talking, chit chat before how I'm really an open book. So, you know, ask me something, I'll tell you, you know. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, what do you think
0: your best time in a marathon will ever be? Yeah.
1: Oh, man, my best time in a marathon. So this is – that. that's funny you should say that. I have been shooting to break four hours because I know it's possible. And for whatever reason, something always gets in the way. And um, this year I was going for sub four. And guess what got in the way? So if it hasn't been an injury or a life event or – Covid. Um, one of these days, before I can't possibly do it, I'm going to break four hours in the marathon.
0: <laughs> oh, I, I I think that's a given. I think you're you're a lock for that.
1: Yeah. Well, and and I consider myself a non-runner. Like I'm not. I do it in my hashtags. I'm not a runner. Um, and there's a backstory to all of that. But um, I'm yeah, totally-
0: that's yeah, that's because it's like you, you have so many uh, athletic uh, capabilities and stuff and skill sets. I think that i've seen and stuff that and you aren't particularly known for one where did you where did you grow up where'd you end up growing up
1: so i grew up in ontario california about 70 80 miles east of la and um inland valley kind of your like every track housing every house is looked like every third house looks like your house uh neighborhoods you know so riding your bike around the block was fun and playing out in the street until the, the street lights went on, you know, and then you got to go home and you could see them go on down the street and you're like, Oh, they're coming on. We got to go home. I was outside all the time. And you know, my brother loved to play video games and I was just gone. Like, you know, I was, I was outside. Were
0: you, were you anywhere near the speedway?
1: Um, well, yeah, actually now, but it wasn't a speedway when I was back then oh. <laughs> or, if it, or if it was, I just didn't know about it. Uh, We were kind of a baseball family, so we grew up, I played softball in um, fourth, fifth, and sixth grade. That was kind of actually the first sport that kind of led me into my athleticism, I guess. So it was fourth, fifth, and sixth grade. I remember walking to the store again, like, I mean, this was, I walked to the store. I think it was two miles away. Uh, I just walked to the store. And I remember seeing a flyer on the door saying, um, little girl league baseball, uh, softball. And I'm like, oh. so I came home, I told my mom about, it, and she's like, what? I'm like, yeah, I want to play. And she's like, okay. So she signed me up and, um, I remember my first year playing. So th- out of three years, they put me in right field. And if you know anything about baseball, right field, <laughs> where not a lot of activity happens. Yeah, I was the- a right
0: fielder <laughs> for a while too
1: where the not so good players go. So I'm sitting on right field and I remember sitting down like, oh my God, this is so boring. And I, you know, I wasn't sure if I wanted to keep doing it and, and come get up to bat and I just couldn't hit the ball. And then, you know, I mean, it was, it was miserable. And then they figured out that um, I could pitch. So I was, I ended up becoming a pitcher and winding up doing the whole softball wind up thing girl thing my brother would make fun of me when he would try to practice and he wound up and smashed his bedroom window with the ball making fun of me and I was like it's your fault. that's on you <laughs> like, um so softball kind of got me into like root, um I guess schedule or, or routine fitness you know the the routine of it otherwise I just kind of did my own thing I mean if to this day i'd probably call myself an introvert you know i mean i'm definitely if you get if you know me i'm very you know i'll talk as you can tell i'll open up and i'll talk but in general i really like to keep to myself i like my quiet time i like my space i like to i think a lot i'm writing notes a lot i'm reading i'm you know and i i kind of just don't want to be bothered like leave me alone i want my space
0: uh, what so it's uh, it was you and your brother uh, is that the only uh sibling i have, I have
1: older brother he's two years older than me and he still is on the mainland um, so yeah we grew up Ontario it was um, I went to school at Chino High School and it was uh, in high school that um, things started to kind of fall apart for me
0: um, oh in what way
1: In 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 life life got hard so I was trying to you know, study to go to high, to college. That was kind of a goal to go to college. Nobody in my family, except for my grandfather, uh, as an adult went to college. So it was kind of a goal to go to college, kind of do that next big thing. I remember asking my mom when I was little, what comes first high school or college? And she said, high school. And I said, Oh, well, I want to go to college. And that just, and she said, well, if you go to college, I'll buy you a typewriter. And I'm like, whoo, oh, well give me a typewriter. <laughs> so that was a ways back, you know?
0: Yeah, um, but they, they people don't typewriters? What are what are they
1: right? And so when I um so I'll get to that in just a minute actually. The but so as I'm studying and I'm trying to do this, you know, focus and I'm taking all the honors classes and everything's getting really hard and really having a hard time struggling, getting, you know, having it all done, I was a band geek. So from junior high up until 10th grade, I was in marching band and I played the flute and the piccolo and was really good at holding my line and that they would put me up front and center because I could hold the end of the line and I could keep my foot down, and, you know, so that was, that was what we did. We won field shows, we won parades. We were a really competitive band in the Inland Valley. And I just kind of remember talking to a friend who like, I was feeling so down on myself, but life was hard. I committed, or I I contemplated suicide. Um, There was a lot of heavy stuff weighing on me. like, boys didn't like me or weren't interested in me. So what's wrong with me? And you start going through those teenage girly things and really, you really question your purpose, right? Like, why am I here? What am I doing? Um, And then my uh, math teacher had mentioned that they were going to start up a swim team this year if I wanted to join. And they remembered me from being a freshman uh, asking me, um, who taught you how to swim? And I was like, I taught myself how to swim. And they said, well, did you take swim lessons? Were you on a swim team? And I was like, no, I didn't even know what that stuff was. Right. And and I said, well, it was in 1984. The Olympics came through L.A., and the torch. I was there. You were there? I was there. My mom took us to the um to, to the street and I thought we were waiting for a parade and we all lined the street and you hear the horns honking and everybody cheering and this guy goes running by with the torch and I'm like mom what is this and she says it's the Olympics and I'm like what are the Olympics and so that summer I remember sitting in front of the tv with my peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and my Cheez-Its. And I would put my Cheez-Its in a, like, in a train and I would eat them one by one and push the train <laughs> forward and watch this swimming happening. And the year before, my parents had put in a swimming pool. Uh, so oh. the you know still very nostalgic for us to have a summertime with the next summer that you can use the swimming pool. And I would watch them. And again, the cameras at that time, you just see lines of people going back and forth. There's no underwater footage or anything. And I'm just yeah. like, they hit the wall and then they go, they bounce. How do they do that? And I jumped in the backyard pool and I was like, like, like they do like a somersault and they, you know, and then I'd go back and I would just stare at the TV. Okay, I'm going to go do that. And like both arms come out at the same time and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go do that. And then they go on their back. I'm going to do that. And, um, and I was just blown away. And I spent that summer, I remember counting laps and it was like one Saturday I swam 66 laps. And the next day I was like I can do better than 66 so I did 77 and so I got into high school and it was always a joke because the freshman had to take swim class as a freshman so everybody knew you were a freshman you have to take swim class and I was like I want swim class like this is gonna be great and my PE teacher was like everybody watch Melissa swim and I was like I don't even know what I'm doing Like, I have no clue what I'm doing when you want me to swim. Okay, I'll swim. And they're like, okay. So she's like, so I want, that's what I want you to do. And then she asked me, she's like, who taught you how to do your flip turns? And I go, well, I did (laughs) that that thing that I do on the wall when I turn over, is that a flip turn? Oh, well, yeah, I I saw that on TV. And she's like, okay. (laughs) And so anyway, it all kind of led, so that come sophomore year, when they started up the swim team and they asked me to join, again, I had no clue. But I found myself in the self-help aisles of the library and I was going through this depression I was you know wondering what's wrong with me and I kept navigating towards the self-help aisle in the library and I would just go there just get lost in a book and really if you ask me I don't think I'm a reader either but um, (laughs) but I would look at these books and I would read it and I found books on swimming and I would show up to the pool to my coach and I'd be like, look at this. Like, this is how you're supposed to do (laughs) it. I'm telling my coach how we're supposed to do it. And she's like, you know, there's a program for people like you. And I was like, what do you mean? So she shipped me off to um, lifeguard training in WSI, which is water safety instructor. Um, It was like, it's a 40 hour course and you do pool work and you learn how to teach swimming uh, and become a lifeguard. And she's actually one of the, what was, ended up being my boss at, at a swimming pool during the summer where I would lifeguard and teach some lessons. And obviously her knowing who I am, she knew whatever she gave me, I would do. So she gave me a synchronized swimming class. And I was like, I don't teach synchronized swimming. So I'm like doing little little pinwheel things and oysters and, you know, like all these little crazy things with these little seven and eight year old girls. And, and I just remembering, I remember being that age and remember being in awe of, um, gosh, I'm getting emotional talking about this, of swimming at seven and eight years old, because that was when it, it really touched me, you know, like the Olympics. And I remember just embracing that moment with these kids and putting this whole choreograph program together and having the parents watch it and the parents just beaming right and they were so proud and so then after that I accomplished that task they gave me the adults and I'm like oh so I'm like 15 no I think at that point I was 16 years old because I got it at 15 and 16 years old and I'm teaching adults how to swim like they're not going to respect a 16 year old yeah. And they're like, no, oh, you got this, you got this. I was like, okay. So I'm like teaching these adults and I'm just like realizing I'm talking to them like I was talking to the seven, the seven-year-old. <laughs> and, um, and so from then on, it just seemed that swimming always followed me. And every time that, you know, I went to college um, in UC Santa Cruz, it was, um, uh, you know, really, really just to back up before I even leave that whole swimming thing. I just say that swimming saved my life. My whole disposition changed when I found the pool, when I learned of it as a sport, when I learned of it. I was actually jealous of the kids I would teach because I'm like, I never got to learn how to swim like you're getting right now, you know? And I really just gave it with passion. I was so passionate about sharing that gift uh, and and it just kept following me. So when I went to college at UC Santa Cruz, my parents were going through a divorce. Um, I had worked really hard to do everything I needed to do to get to college. And then my parents told me, you can't go. Oh, I'm like, oh no, 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 <laughs> You guys are going to split. You're going to do your thing. I'm, I'm starting my life. Like I'm going to college. And I had gotten accepted to, I had only applied to three schools because I really was doubting that I was going to actually go. And one was L.A. Uh, Long Beach, Cal State Long Beach. One was San Diego State and the other was UC Santa Cruz. And both of them were for marine biology, <laughs> or all of them. And um, I grew up uh, on the boat with my grandparents in Dana Point. So we would spend our summers at Dana Point fishing and whale watching and riding the dinghy around the harbor. And, mm. you know, so those are really good, you know, memories. So ocean and water just was always around me. But i never really had like a structure you know around water activities and we grew up water skiing you know my that was our kind of our family thing my dad had a boat and we would just take off to lakes every summer and you know houseboat or um get a trailer or camp and water ski
0: so 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 you're a mermaid in essence i'm
1: i'm I'm a murmur i'm a mermaid i'm Definitely loved the water and grew up around it and don't know it without it. But the structure of swimming helped me mentally with um, really kind of sifting and sorting who I am and, and what's important. And for me over it all, it just movement. Movement kind of became the most important thing for me. That, and that if it was structural and more routine, then I knew that would happen every day and it would help me mentally.
0: Do you think it was your enthusiasm for the sport and how it affected you? I'm sure it was a big part of it to, to get you out of your funk. But do you think also part of that was your uh, – did you recognize you had the ability to teach?
1: Not at all. That was totally my swim coach that saw it in me. Um, and, and I shared that, you know, for everybody who – and so I've been teaching for 29 years now. And, you know, like I said, no matter where I went, it just followed me. And I kept saying, I'm not going to teach anymore. I'm going to figure out something else. Um, I went to, to, so when I got to UC Santa Cruz and I was swimming, I found that I found a master's team at the, at the university. So I was lifeguarding at the university and my boss was the head coach of the college team. And he did the master's program at noon. So I was like, well, I guess I'm lifeguarding. I should probably stay in shape. So I started swimming with him at noon. Um, and this was my freshman year. And then freshman year, you know, I was kind of a, I wasn't like a goody two-shoes per se, but I was a conservative girl. So yeah. coming from a conservative, you know, small town to Santa Cruz, my eyes were like, holy crap, people live like this. Like, (laughs) it was a totally different world.
0: You might have to explain to us, uh, some of us non-swimmers, I know now from paddling and stuff, what a master's group means.
1: Okay. So, master's is United States Master Swimming. It was uh, created in the 70s, basically as um, you age out of age group swimming. So, USA swimming that a lot of the kids that you know, like the Kona Aquatic, Kona Dolphins and uh, my son swims for Academy Swim Club. And, you know, so you have those age group uh, swim programs, USA Swimming. They you reach 18. They're like, well, what's next? We don't get to swim anymore. So they designed this program for adult swimming. So 18 years and older. And people tend to get a little freaked off by it because they're like, wait, master swimming? I don't even know how to swim. And I was like, well, are you older than 18? They're like, yes. <laughs> then you're a master's. And they're like, <laughs> <laughs> and so I'll take people at uh, at my home. I have a pool, and I'll teach them to swim here. And then I'll move them up to uh, my master's program that I run out of the Pahoy Hoy swimming pool when they're open. Oh, <laughs> <'Cause they're-
0: laughs> uh, they've so, been closed.
1: Yeah, they've been closed. Some of the pools opened, and we had some filter issues. And I told them back in March, can we please get this filter fixed while the pools are shut down for COVID? And it's like, please, please, please. But we're dealing with county and nothing happens. And so now the pools open up and they said, oh, well, we can't because we have water clarity issues. And I'm like, of course you do. You haven't fixed the filter. So um, we're, yeah, we're, we met at the, we've been meeting at the beach on Wednesdays as a group. Um, And that's kind of one of our fun hurrahs for this, um, for the summer is I had a gal that her goal was to be able to swim out in the ocean comfortably And she started with me in November. She's followed my posts and she's seen that we do our master swimming and she's like, and we ended up at this party together, um, for a friend. And she's just, and it was all pretty much my, the master swimmers. And she's listening to the conversations and she's like, I'll come on Tuesday. (laughs) I'm like, Really? So in November, she started on Tuesday. And then um, last month, we got her out beyond the reef uh, at Richardson's. Um, Yeah, right? Like, woo. So if she's watching, absolutely. Jane totally made it beyond the reef and did an open ocean swim and super, super awesome. So it's So when it comes to my adults, it's kind of like me with the kids. I just love taking people from not knowing to knowing. That's probably one of my, maybe one of the reasons why I do all the different things like behind me, I have my, you know, spin bike and then I got my TRX straps and, you know, it's, it's really about evolving the athlete, because I truly believe that each and every one of us has an athlete within, within us. It just hasn't been awakened, right? It's there. It just needs to be fed. And people don't really know how to get started and do that. And I think one of the reasons why I call myself the people's coach is because that was me. Like, I had to, I didn't come from an athletic background. Um, I just kind of fell into certain things. Um, and, and even through college, I was getting my degree in marine biology, but I took a um, comparative phys class, comparative physiology, and we compared elite athletes to marine mammals. Uh, which, and I which was marine fascinated mammals? to marine mammals. And which, how which, the body,
0: which mammals?
1: Uh, mo- well, mostly dolphins and whales, particularly whales, because they'll dive really deep. And you look at that whole mammalian reflex and what the body goes through when it goes into an anaerobic state. And as far as elite athletes go, they're anaerobic quite often to push, you know, to get their level of threshold up. So I was just fascinated by the elite athletes. And I realized at that time that I wasn't even focusing on what was happening with the marine mammals. I could care less. I was over <laughs> here going, wait, so if I run or I push heavy weights, or if I like, how, do, how is this going to make me faster or me better? And, um, so that was my, my junior year that was, oh, and that was missing a whole nother year. So sophomore year, high school, sophomore year, college, bad years, both times contemplated suicide, um, sophomore year in college, I stopped swimming. I was looking for Ah. something different. And, and again, I stopped swimming, but I had only been swimming for four years because I started as a sophomore in high school. And then I did the one year in college and I skipped out on that and I joined weightlifting, so, yeah. so as a weightlifter who's eating pizza and drinking beer at two o'clock in the morning, um, well into their freshman years, I gained the freshman 50. Yeah. So, I, was, um, I was
0: gonna ask you if you don't mind uh, if uh, you were uh, during those bad years, were you self-medicating, you know, alcohol or whatever?
1: Yep, yep, I I did it all, I did, the, so yeah yep (laughs) and we were in santa cruz if you know santa cruz oh
0: yeah oh yeah yeah Yeah,
1: okay so there you go um i i kind of reached a rebellious stage and i was trying things out and then i remember self-medicating and being on this one hallucinogen thinking when will this stop like i i Make it stop! I need. I wasn't in control, right? So then that's when I realized I kind of like. I'm kind of a person that likes to be a little bit in control of things, um, and, and I just was. i have literally quit everything cold turkey. I went home, my sophomore year. I was living in what's called a French house on campus, so you had to speak French when you were in the in the house, and um, to thank oh, God. To <laughs> I, I know. I thank God to Edith. My my Frenchy friend from France, um, she forced me to speak French. That by the time I left there, I was dreaming in French. So I knew it must have been working. That's um, <laughs> <laughs> <wait. laughs> uh, That that I came home. I came back to school after spring break, and I had this boyfriend that was just playing with my mind. And I just remember telling him, you know what? Don't ever call me again. I don't ever want to see you again. And I just left like I dropped everything left I showed back up to campus Um, they immediately were like what happened to you during spring break I said I made a decision like I'm not go I'm not going that way I'm not going to live my life this way this is not who I'm going to be I was 20 years old I bought my first pair of running shoes and I would run at night we had a half mile track on campus and I would run if I was in the light and I would walk if I was in the dark because I didn't want anybody to see me walking because I wanted to be able to run. So I'd hit the light and I'd be like, okay, I'm running. I'm like, oh my God, this is so hard. <laughs> and then I'd and hit the dark and be like, oh. and then I would realize I'd get closer to the light and I'd slow down my walking because I'm like, oh, I gotta go again. I gotta go again. You know?
0: <laughs> intervals, you were doing bricks.
1: I was, I was doing some intervals, interval training. But I, was, I, I really was focused on wanting to lose the weight, wanting to get you know, my health back. Um, I, my junior year got right back into the pool. I swam six days a week, didn't miss a day of swimming. I showed up on Saturdays. My, my coach slash boss for lifeguarding was like, what's happening with you? And that summer when I was teaching swim lessons and lifeguarding, I was swimming on my work breaks. You know, in between, I was doing my laps, and then I found a private coach um, when I would go home in Southern California, who coached me in the um, after work, and I'd ride my bike to the pool, and I'd ride my bike home, and I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. And my swim coach uh, at college asked me to join the the swim team for my senior year, and that's, I was like, "That's a pretty
0: big honor, UC Santa Cruz."
1: Right. I I was totally honored, except um i told him i'd give him two weeks and and he's like okay give me two weeks and i didn't i didn't handle it and i told him i said honestly i don't want to just swim he had an iron man plaque um on, in his office and i remember hearing because i was swimming with the masters during lunchtime. i was swimming with a lot of triathletes and i would hear them talk about triathlon and i said i want you to teach me how to do triathlon and he goes, Oh, okay. So I got like a handful of people and he ended up, we ended up with 13 people. He put together a triathlon course for us on a class on campus. And in at UC Santa Cruz, you didn't get any credits for any um, extracurricular stuff. PE that was just yeah. something to do. You you had graduate to actually,
0: with a 6.0. <laughs>
1: right. And, and I was a science major. So I was like, like there was no getting off easy over here. So, um, so I told him, I was like, there's no way I'll graduate in four years if I swim and try to finish the science degree. Like this just isn't, and I was paying for college. So I was, I needed to get out in four years. I said, but if, can you teach me how to do triathlon? So we had, a- he put together a course. We did a an off-road triathlon there on campus at UC Santa Cruz. I was totally hooked. Shin splints and all. <laughs> <laughs> I- Still hated running, just like it was the worst. Can't do it, but but for whatever reason I was driven. What so, kind of
0: bike did you have?
1: So I was doing a mountain bike. It was a it was a trek mountain bike that my mom had found from a friend, you know, where it was like, Oh, my friend has a bike, you should buy his and so I bought it, totally didn't fit me. But <laughs> um but it was a bike, so that's what I it was it was still too big and it was purple. So, you know, I had this, like, purple bike, so I would ride this mountain bike up, and if you know Santa Cruz, it's the city on the hill, um, You yeah. Santa Cruz, so it's all uphill to get to school. Yeah. So when I was living off campus, I would ride my bike up the hill. So my senior year, um, I, bought, I got a student loan out to buy my friend's bike, which was a Kestrel with campy gears, you know, the whole, it was all the big to do way back then, right? She was a pro tri- uh, pro cyclist who was um, leaving school to go to um, Peace Corps. Oh. So she said she would sell me her bike. She's like, I rode it once. And I'm like, what? So I, I went and looked at it and $1,800 for this totally pro decked out Kestrel ba- back when, back when. I was, this was 97, 1997. So the
0: shifters were on the tube down below.
1: Yes. Yes. (laughs) And, um, and I was just so stoked because I was like, it's a student loan and all I have to do is say it's for transportation. And so (laughs) I was going up and back to school on my Kestrel. I would, I scheduled my work shift to be the first shift uh, at the pool for lifeguarding, so I scheduled all my classes so that I had enough time to ride up to the pool so I could shower, work my lifeguarding shift, then go to one class before I came back for swim practice and to go to another class, and and everything just started to fall into place. Like I'm so structurally routine in how I do things that as soon as I found a routine and something that I had a little bit more control over, my life just like, everything just kind of came together, the the flow. and the exercise and it all, like, I just was, I kind of was finding purpose, you know, meaning and energy. And I was thriving in all areas of my life with just having physical fitness being really the main trigger, you know, everything.
0: Guiding principle was uh, your routines through fitness.
1: it, It totally is. And that's pretty much what I preach today is movement is everything you need to move every day. And, and not just like, oh, yeah, I went, and went, I went to the post office and then I, you know, went to the store or I, you know, walked to the mailbox or whatever it is. And it's like, no, you need intentional movement. You know, it's like people have the, the watches and they see how many steps they do in the day. And I was like, okay, so you had a busy day of doing chores around your house. yeah But go out there and do something intentional. Like you have to physically put the, side, the, the time aside and go for a 30-minute walk or, you know, bike ride or join a, a class, you know? I mean, which and which is why I do my things on Zoom now because there aren't really group classes and people aren't comfortable doing it. But like, you know, the TRX straps are super cheap and affordable and I can help people, you know, get into a pair of those. You can hook it on a door. If you don't have your own hook that you can hook to a beam. Um, spin bikes, you know, a little bit more pricey, but people have them or they have a way of getting getting onto them. And then I do classes that require absolutely no equipment. And it's like, there's no excuse. It's yeah, just yeah, well, moving. I just,
0: I just, my across the street neighbor, he says, we should go into a business of making treadmills now because there's no treadmills. You can't buy treadmills anywhere.
1: Oh, right. Yeah, because people are just trying to move.
0: The TRX straps, are those, uh, that's uh, resistance, basically?
1: Um, so you use body weight resistance with gravity? So it's, um, they're nylon straps. So it's all a proprioception tool, um, meaning that, you're, that you use your body weight. Um, and then there's this, I don't know if you can see it on the top, but there's some little play in it right here. Yeah. So if you're not even within the straps, that they'll slide. So it requires your body to, to work on both, um, both, body, both sides equally and everything is activated through the core. So you hold a plank position through like every exercise that you do. Like, um, let's see, now you're gonna get me, we already did this today, we had a class today. But like, so for instance, a TRX row, is just a simple row back, you're squeezing your shoulder blades back, working all of this, but you're holding plank position through the whole time. So my core is just firing and everything is all activated through the core. It's been probably, out of all the classes that I have taken over my years of trying to figure out fitness and what works for me, this is probably my absolute favorite piece of equipment because it's simple. You know, you can do every exercise you can do on a machine. I mean, unless you're looking to get big and bulky. Yeah. You- you know, this is functional fitness. This is, you can take, get your groceries out of the car without throwing your back out. This is, you can pick up your grandkids or your kids and not be like, Oh, my shoulder hurts. My back hurts. You know, it's, it's functional, you know? And for me, I'm, you know, people look at me and they just think I'm intense and it's like, well, I might be intense, but what i'm teaching meant to be intense like it's meant to to help you through your everyday life you know um and i'd have to say my three takeaways from from covid the three things that i learned during covid are one never miss a spin class and <laughs> and that's and and i and i say spinning because it's a great place to have uh non-impact uh with intensity so i if you can have a way of doing some sort of hit training you know that kind of a thing Um, that's kind of where I was going with that with, you know, for me, don't miss a spin class. Um, so I would do my own spin workouts on the bike just to get it, but you get that high intensity without the impact. So you really work that anaerobic and then core strength, whether it's with TRX straps or like my Monday, when or my Monday, Friday classes, I just do on the floor, no equipment. They're amazing. And I've got uh, my cousin. Oh, my cousin. I got to talk about my cousin. (laughs) My cousin, Amber Juan, um, they are the Wans in Colorado if you read the book Running with Sherman.
0: Oh, okay. Um, uh, Chris's thing.
1: Yes, exactly. Um, so he did Running with the Burrows*. right? So my cousins run the, um, the Pack Association. Association, right? Because it's a bunch of asses.
0: So, not, it's not in Buena Vista. What town is it in?
1: Yeah, there. Well, that's one of the races. They have yeah. Buena Vista. They have um, – oh, my gosh, you're going to put me on the spot. Um, oh, it's like the big one. Come on, help me out. It'll come to me. Leadville? Yes. Thank you. Leadville. And then there's the Leadville 100 and, you know, that whole – right? So that whole community. So then they had, like, the two races combined where one went – it's like – a lot of miles, and if you haven't done it, it's one of my bucket lists. Uncle Joe, we got to go do running with the burro. <laughs> but um, my cousin, anyway, back to her, has dealt with low back pain, um, hips, knee, like you you name it. She's got like all these. She's yeah. had back surgery. She's my age. She's forty. Well, she's forty five. I'm forty four. Um, and she's got four children and now she's a grandparent and, you know, but she's had all of these injuries and she says, Mel with, and that's, oh yeah, I guess my name is coach Mel on this thing, huh? Yeah,
0: yeah they can't see that though, that, that goes away, like Joe Fireball goes away.
1: Oh, okay. Um. So the uh four months four months of doing my routine with me monday through friday two days with no equipment and then two days with we were doing wednesdays as well but i kind of ditched out on wednesdays for my swimmers so we could kind of reconnect but in the beginning we were doing five days a week of all of this floor cardio core and she's like everyone's asking me what have you done she's doing these burrow races because they're still doing them because with you're on a rope with the burrow you're six feet apart and so they're doing it and um they run that and they orchestrate the whole thing her and her husband brad won and um i mean you talk about a story of of fitness exercise and in animals and her, her son uh benjamin juan who has is now four years seizure seizure free uh which is a whole nother story but um uh, by using cannabis actually um they run with the burrows and there's just this connection with the animals and and the and the humans right and i knew this was going on with my cousin and i put my son in horse lessons last year and he's on the adhd borderline i mean you can you help him you got me all spazzing out over here his father, <laughs> his father can't you know he's doing all kinds of other things so you can't help the poor kid but, um, you know, when I saw my son interacting with these horses, I just thought, oh, this is just like a proud mom moment, right? Like, oh, look, he's like really intimate with the horse and you know, the horse is responding. Oh, okay, and I kind of brushed it off until the horse trainer was like, Melissa, there's something here. And I go, well, what do you see? And she says, he's gotten this horse to do things I can't even get him to do I was like what so now I'm going okay so I saw that but I just kind of brushed it off because I'm just oh, I'm a doting mom right <laughs> and um, and so I've been really paying attention being really aware of it especially with swimming um, I taught him to swim when he was in my stomach he doesn't even know it <laughs> um, he was swimming by the time he was two by himself and people would be like, how is his kid swimming? And I was like, I just raised him in the water, you know? Like,
0: Threw him in just, the water and he took off.
1: He just swims. And, um, and he is so good. He helps me teach my little kids how to swim. So when we have swim lessons, he's in the water and he's just like, so he is just amazing with animals and kids. It's, it's and then if you see him outside, you're like, oh my gosh, he's a teenage boy calm down, what are you doing? But you put him in with little kids and animals. He's a totally different being. It's amazing.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm certainly not saying he's autistic or anything. But I've had uh, autistic mm-hmm. friends in my life, that they were able to come up to me at times and tap right into how I was feeling. i am going, how did you know that? And it's, yeah. I think it's uh, appreciating other people's talents and skills, no matter what their age, of being able to be empathetic and not just being superficial. And it sounds like your son is a great empathetic person. I mean.
1: So he's on that. We actually saw someone up in Waimea last year, right before this whole COVID thing hit because I was kind of onto it going, you know, something's not like, I don't understand why he's struggling with things to me that are so simple and you know, he goes to school in Parker and they are actually in school right now, crossing our fingers, they're going five days a week and you know, it's it's a college prep school and for someone like me, I would have thrived in that. So I put him in the school, right? And I just kind of see how he's interpreting certain things and I didn't understand why it was so difficult. So he took him to this tutor Judy, I don't want to say her name because I need spot. I need a spot with her. <laughs> no, Ju- Judy up in Wyoming was I mean, just in thirty minutes, we had an hour meeting. In thirty minutes, she knew exactly who Bowden was. She pulled out a chart and says, "Look on a chart, teachers teach here. Most students that are learning are learning around here. You are over here. Yeah. So he is like you said. I mean, not not. I guess." not saying autistic but he's definitely on a different spectrum of learning and it started to make sense to me because i would say certain things to him and he would really like flip what he'd say he's like well that's what you would tell i can't even think of an example right now but i would say something and he would do the opposite and he's like well that's what you said and then i'd kind of think about what i said and i'm like oh you understood it like that
0: oh yeah i have a nephew he has uh asperger's
1: okay See, that's, I mean, we're on, we're on that spectrum. Well, so she was really starting to like help us out. But the coolest thing about kids like that is they see things entirely different and the, and where they can go and what they can do is entirely something we wouldn't have even come up with our own for, for them ourselves. So I'm letting that go. You know, I had this whole image of. Oh, we go to school or swim, you know, you know, this me being the controlling person, me, I'm going to put this all in a row. And I'm kind of just, you know what, let's just see where he goes with this and what he's getting out of it. And the remote learning hit in March, we had just seen her in, in February. So now I'm kind of onto it and starting to try to pick up how different ways I'm supposed to say things to him for him to understand it. Yeah, And, um, COVID hit and he went to remote learning and it was scary. So now I saw my son in the position I was at as a sophomore in high school. Oh, wow. Um, he said it, he told me, you know, did you ever think about if I killed myself, you know, and I'm like, what, no, why would you, this is just a hard time. We're all, it's a hard time. You have the rest of your life to like, but then I realized the pressure that was being put on him. Um, to try to figure stuff out that he wasn't quite getting. So, we got a few extra, few different tools to work with. His teachers have been really great helping us around all of this. But it, it's like, like he said it himself, you know, if I were to take an IQ test, I probably would have a really high IQ. And I'm like, I think you would. <laughs> I really think you would. Well, but. It's
0: like my nephew. He, he never went to, I think he went one semester to college. But uh, I encouraged him to move from the Midwest to Silicon Valley because he was a brilliant person in computers and he ended up designing computer games and he's brilliant.
1: Yeah, I have a cousin that did the same and he was he's an older cousin. So like I was mentioning, nobody in our family had gone to college Well, he was older. So I was like, well, he's going to get the college, you know, like and cuz he was brilliant. I mean, I remember in 3rd grade he would come to my house as a sleepover with a book like this that he would read and I'd be like, "What?" And my son does the same thing. He loves to read. He's just like into books. And um, and so I think about that like, you know, school's not for everyone. Um, you know, where where is our purpose? Where where are we where are we going with all of this? And so when I listen to him talk and share his ideas, he's on to certain things. I'm just want I'm just hoping I'm able to guide him And not deter him from, you know, not be that that naysayer. I don't want to be a naysayer because I really think, I really think anything is possible. You know, if you've got an idea or a vision in a vision for anything, I mean, it's the reason I do my coaching that I do because anything is possible. Ironman, right? (laughs) It took me almost ten years, but I qualified for Ironman. You know, I didn't live on the Big Island; I lived on Kauai.
0: Oh, you got to Kauai? Well. yeah. Let's, go, let's go back to college. You had graduated college, maybe, and had you met your husband yet?
1: Uh, not, not in, nope. So uh, when I graduated from college, so that was 98, with a degree in marine biology, although it was kind of slash physiology, <laughs> um, I had actually, I spent hundreds of hours in Anya Nuevo as a docent um, studying the elephant seals. Yeah. so I was doing that and they offered me a job as a ranger which I'd be in a pretty good position if I took a job as a ranger like okay that's all right well I denied it and I said I don't know I've been my life has been so structured and so routine I was kind of ready to just kind of let him fly by the wayside um I was I denied a work abroad program to France and I denied um, an assistant coaching job at UC Santa Cruz with my, with my coach, So it, Mickey wow. Wender. So Mickey Wender was my coach, and he then ended up going up to um, Seattle, University of Seattle, I think it was. He ended up not being there that year anyway. And no. I followed my uh, roommate and my diving partner um, to Kauai. So Marlene Rivera was my person I followed to Kauai. Her parents run, well, they started up the ATV business over there on Kauai, doing really well. Obviously, probably not right now. I should reach out to her, actually. Um, But they run a bunch of the tourist programs over there on Kauai. And I got a job with uh, Outfitters Kauai. So I was doing bicycle downhill and um, kayak tours. So we would kayak up Wailua River and hike up to the waterfalls, have lunch, come back and kayak them back and have to lug the tourists that couldn't <laughs> paddle their kayak back up the river cause you're going into the wind by the end of the day. And you know, so everybody started calling me muscles. I worked with a bunch of guys, um, it, was, it was all guys. And, um, one of the guys we mountain bike together, he would, he would lose me on the trail. Like we would, I remember I had to, so I was firefighting and I got a job as a firefighter. Um, I was one of two women on the fire department and I found that job again, I was swimming with a master's team. I had thought about teaching or firefighting when I was in college. Like what, what do I want to do? Do I want to teach or do you want, do I want to be a firefighter? Totally two different things. <laughs> And i thought well if i'm firefighting i could be a personal trainer on my days off and if i'm teaching i can teach i could coach the swim team so i'm at uh outfitters Kauai, and one of the guys says hey melissa they're short science teachers this year you should go apply and i go ah oh, well that would be one of the maybes on my list right so i go and literally my name and my phone number gets put on a yellow post-it note i show up to my interview and there's my name and number on the yellow post-it note on her, on her <laughs> desk. I was like, hmm, this is interesting. Okay. So she interviews me, asks me about, you know, I have no teaching credential, but I can teach. Like, you give me something. I mean, as my high school swim coach saw, you give me something, I'll figure it out. Everything, Mar- Maria uh, Forleo, Marie Forleo, she always, she wrote a book called Everything is Figure-outable. I love it. Oh. Everything is figure outable. So I'm at that place in my life where it's like, do you need a degree or a certificate? Because I probably have more knowledge and experience by having gone through the process and doing than actually getting the certificate and the piece of paper to say that you got it. Oh, you know? what's,
0: the, what's the saying? Those that uh, don't do teach. And
1: <laughs> Right. That's, that's, and what was that? the quote, the quote uh, of the week for me on Monday? was are you a consumer or are you a producer so yeah. i was like ooh, i like that one yeah.
0: creator like,
1: you can yeah. just go to school and learn and learn and learn and consume, and consume and consume and consume or you can like get out there and get some shit done oh wait did was i not supposed to say that
0: that's okay
1: <laughs> um uh but uh, where was i going oh so i so i taught so she hired me and i said this is either a really bad thing <laughs> or, or a really good thing i'm not sure which one <laughs> hiring me on the spot. So I taught seventh grade life science and health. And ironically, at that same time, the swim coach was done. She's like, you want to coach, you can have the team. And I was like, Oh, this is either really good or this is really bad. <laughs> I really haven't figured this out yet. Mind you, I'd been on the Island for, so this is like not even barely two months. Yeah. I got here on July 7th, 98. Uh, so I've been in here for 22 years literally i've spent half my life in california and half my life in hawaii and um all
0: about balance right
1: it's, it's all about balance. keep it in the flow uh the one year of teaching was horrific i said <laughs> i said oh my gosh if i were to ever have kids and still be living in hawaii they will never go to public school um again i was raised in a very conservative town um girls wore dresses boys wore pants uh welcome to know.
0: hawaii
1: <laughs> right and, and again i went to school in santa cruz and went oh my god i can't i can't watch this <laughs> so I, i've been definitely changed i'm probably the black sheep in my family um i'm <laughs> the no, one were that
0: i lets... curious about uh koala basin marine mammal lab over in honolulu no no okay yeah i worked there for a while
1: oh okay uh, I think my, my mom had met a fisher uh, fisheries guy who lived on Kauai when I was going to school and we were talking about this whole Kauai thing. So she was trying to like set me up with him and I was <laughs> done. like, in my mind, I was going to Hawaii to do Ironman. That's what I was doing. So I knew Kauai wasn't Ironman, but it was going to get me closer okay. and I had no idea how it was going to happen. And. I didn't really have any friends, so I moved there in July, and so Iron Man's October, and I had no idea what Big Island was. I tried to book a room, um, and everything was sold out. So I was like, oh, Waikoloa, okay, I'll book a room in Waikoloa, no, no idea, <laughs> go to Waikoloa. <laughs> There's a room available. Close so, enough. Close enough. <laughs> So I book a room in Waikoloa, rent myself a a, um, convertible Mustang, you know, right? (laughs) Like the the old tourist thing. And I'm totally by myself. I had nobody there. I just was like, I've got to go see Iron Man. If I ever do it one day, like I just got to go see it. So when I show up and I'm parking, figuring it out, trying to figure out the whole thing, Um, I ended up running to a whole bunch of people from Santa Cruz. So I was like, Oh, this is great. Right. So the, the free days where you just kind of went, got to go do whatever you wanted to do. And I was just in awe of, you know, I mean, I stayed until midnight to watch the last people fall, you know, come across the line. And I was just like, this is amazing. You know? And I think when people grow up in Hawaii on the big Island in particular, you're kind of numb to it, I think you kinda
0: yeah,
1: you're like Yeah. Eh, it's Iron Man. Oh yeah, everybody does Iron Man, you know? And I was like, Well I don't do Iron Man. Like, you know, so I was kind of a kid looking through the window at the candy store, like, I wanna do this one day. Like and and then I just started meticulously planning, you know, and it took me um from the time I made the decision, like, okay, I'm gonna do this for real, it took me three years to actually qualify because you had to qualify because I wasn't a big island resident. Yeah. Um, And so the first year I attempted, I got third place by, and there was the two girls were always duking it out um, in, in the islands.
0: Oh, well, which race did you do? First ones? Uh,
1: two, uh, 2005.
0: Uh, Uh, so, but did you do Honu or?
1: Oh, so I qualified at Honu. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, it was kind of easy we never even got to the how i met my husband but it was it was easier for me to train because my husband had gotten a job well at the time was my fiance no yeah fiance got a job with the um big island fire department so he moved over here and i was still living on Kauai, firefighting so we would like meet up on our days off um and I would stay on Kauai. I had my like bestest roommate ever who we always were like, why are we getting married and having babies? We should just be roommates forever. (laughs) um, But we did, we got married and had babies and, and she's still on Kauai and I'm over here. And when he was over here, I could really focus. Like I wasn't distracted. My husband's got two older kids. So there was the, that dynamic and everything just kind of all of a sudden freed up. And I was like, wait, if I'm going to get married and have babies, I got to get this out of my system. Like I got to do this.
0: Yeah.
1: And so the first year got third place. The second year I got second place. And so I was like, okay, this is the year two has three, two, then there'll be one, right? This'll be the year. (laughs) And, um, and then I got second place, but my third year, except the girl that beat me was from, I want to say Washington. And Mm -hmm. she said, I don't want the slot. And so I ended up getting it. I'm like, Oh, (laughs) yeah. So it rolled over to me so i out of default i got the slot and but, you, um, I mean, that
0: was the old course too that wasn't the the course that we've had in the last few years and stuff you had to go out to uh south kuniku road and stuff out that way on the run
1: no, no we went oh on the run on the run yeah, you we... went
0: across the golf course because that's back when it was um the oh, Bay Bay was the was the hotel okay. of choice? i was the aid station director so oh.
1: That, that, that race was horrible. Like yeah. I remember, I remember like, oh, yeah, there was one year, the first year they made it an Olympic distance race yeah. and you could qualify on the Olympic distance. I'm like, this is it. Like I am the queen of Olympic distance. Like I got this. And then I did not And I was like, <laughs> oh, nothing's easy for me. Like everything I've ever had to do, I've had to work for. So I'm like, all right, so now I have to figure this out. And again, I'm not a runner. So I would come out of the water, pretty top in the group, you know, hold steady on the bike ride, go hit the run. Pew, pew, and I just see the backs of people's ponies tails. And I was like, oh my gosh. So when I was really focused that final year, I stopped swimming. I was like, I got, I got swimming. Yeah. You don't need to swim. So I swam once a week with my coach. Um, I had uh, to- coach. Tom Coxwell was coaching another team for Island school on Kauai while I was coaching Kauai high school and we shared the pool. And, um, and I knew that I was moving to the big Island and I was trying to like, can you take over? Like, I just want to make sure my kids are all good. Can you just take them? Can you coach them? And he did, he accepted the job and he did it one year before he ended up moving. Um, but he, he would go out on his one man and paddle with me um while well, i would just swim along poipu and i would just go that whole big stretch of poipu 2 3 miles once a week that's all i did once a week and the whole rest of the week i would just run and bike and and just try to get my efficiency down and you know and then my paddling i was paddling canoe so my my year would always go january to about june i would train for triathlon and then in June, I would hop in, um, the canoe for long distance, which girls started hating me because they're like, She's didn't do regatta all season. And then she just gets to hop in and jump and be in the first crew. And, and then I was like, well, we did a time trial and I beat you. Like, does that uh, not count? Politics
0: <laughs> like, and paddling.
1: Pad- politics. Like, I hated it. So, um. So yeah, so I would do triathlon until about June, and then I would intermix it with paddling in July to September to do the, you know, Nawahini across, you know, Molokai channel. And I think our last year of our big crew, we got top 10, which was like a big deal for us. We'd been fighting for top 10 forever, and we kind of put together our solid crew, which uh, ended up like I got pregnant, moved to Big Island. Another woman uh, died of breast cancer. Like it was kind of an aha, you know, like, I mean, we remember, I remember sitting there at the end of that race, all of us so emotional realizing like our run had come to an end. Like this is, this is it, you know, and that's the last I've ever paddled um, was that. And then I moved to the Big Island and um, yeah, I miss paddling, but you know, you look at it, you look out here like this is my this is my view which is awesome right um and i see the ocean all the time right there's yeah. the ocean but you can't get to it
0: <laughs> yeah really
1: you can't get to it over here so when i first moved here i would see the waves and i would think oh i could be out there paddling and then i'm like no you're not paddling down there and um it was just a big adjustment. So I realized after having a kid, I found myself in that same um, depressed state that I found myself in multiple times. Huh. And I tried really hard. I was not, I was not a good mom in, uh, first emotionally. I mean, if you ask my husband, you say I was a great mom, but emotionally, I kind of hung on and, and I had told myself, give myself a year, give myself a year breastfeed, even though I had infection after infection and it hurt and my hips hurt and you know, everything I did hurt, I didn't piece back together. So then I dealt with running issues. Um, I couldn't run anymore. And, um, it was the 2011, 2011 Honolulu marathon. I was about at mile three and I realized something was wrong. Huh. Like my knee hurts. Like that's weird. I did all of my training. I was going for my sub-four mo- sub hour yeah. with, with Kendra with another topic oh. of conversation. And um, Kendra actually missed that race because she got injured. She tore her – tore something.
0: Yeah, so she did legs, yeah.
1: Yeah, so uh, we had done our training together, and we were both like, you're going. Like, we were solid. And then I hit mile three, and I'm like, something's wrong. And and then I'm thinking, "Is I don't remember Honolulu Marathon being uphill the whole way. Like, it, there was like a strain in my leg and it was like i was running uphill the whole time and i got to mile 15 and i said i gotta walk uh-huh. I started walking from mile 15 to 16 tried to running again and i tried to do the walk jog walk jog um until mile 18 and i said my race is like done and the golf cart people were like riding right next to me like waiting for me to say i was done like i could tell i was hurt yeah. and i was like roll up the window melissa you don't see them." You are going to get to that finish line in one way. <laughs> like I was not, Like I can walk. If it takes me all day, I will walk and I will get to that finish line, but I am not quitting. And um, my son was four and I remember telling him, I'll see you at the finish. And that drove me, you know, where I was like, I'll see you at the finish. I didn't say I was going to get on that cart and you're going to yeah. take my foot in. And I crossed that finish line and it was the worst finish ever in any race I've ever done. I <laughs> collapsed. I remember, I remember, I remember seeing people collapse at finish lines. I'm like, why don't you train for these things? Like you shouldn't collapse at the finish line, you know? And I'd have these like ideas in my mind and I got to the the finish and I just saw those catchers and I just reached for them. I'm like, oh my God, catch me. Like I tore something. Something's like, so it's really bad. It's really bad. And it ended up being nothing. I went through, I thought I tore my IT band. Yeah. And then they said, no, you tore your meniscus. Everything checked out, nothing, but it wasn't, it was nothing. And so, to this day, one of the things that I'm really focused on with women in running um, is really the stress release around the hips and the pelvis and strengthening um, your core to stabilize and and support that because you know the hips and hip bearing and the women and you know depending on your cue angle that you have to, you know certain women are a little bit wider in the hips, and it does create up some issues and so'm I'm, I'm a bigger runner. And, and so I found some ways that kind of helped me. And it's things that I like to share with other people who have similar issues. And, you know, a lot of times they're like, my shoulder hurts. And I was like, well, it's probably your low back. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm not going to diagnose you, but like, I know what you're feeling. I've been there. And, and you think it
0: was maybe piriformis too?
1: So piriformis, tight piriformis. So then the gluteus medius stopped firing and the IT was taking over the work of the gluteus maximus and yet yeah so it's a whole imbalance thing right but if you asked a doctor to help you Take I had to ask
0: her to call me in the morning yeah
1: well my one doctor told and I never saw him again after that I won't mention any names but he told me he so I gave it away there's a he, he told me <laughs> um you're running careers over and I was like <sighs> no it's not you know, I, I get like, I hit by a train or I fell out of a tree or, you know, a car ran over me. Well, maybe we can have a discussion about that. But I was just running a marathon and I'm like, something's off. Like, I just, like, you know, your body, you know, that whole intuitive sense, like, you know, that there's something that you, and so I spent three years and thousands of dollars chasing answers, yeah. um, completely avoided the whole, uh western medicine like i mean i'm not anti western medicine i'm not going there with that but it's got its place and i just didn't feel that it helped me in um in that and now you know here i am running walk to 5k programs 5k 10k programs you know i'm a certified running coach you know it's like i'm not a runner but so, so
0: how did you get Kendra back? Because she was, there was a time, you know, well, Kendra, if you're listening, sorry, but I know you <laughs> dropped out for a while, and I would keep texting you privately to find out if you were okay, and I know she was having leg issues, but you got hooked up with her to do a a, a 5K training?
1: She did. Um, so actually, I, that was post, that's even after, so Kendra got the bug and she took off and she has just done amazing stuff. And she's, you know, doing this virtual Boston marathon uh, with Sally in uh, what a week or two. Uh, Monday. They're going to do it Monday. Okay.
0: Monday. I don't know if Amy Young also qualified for uh, Boston and she did already did a virtual. So I don't know. Um, I tried to get them together to see if all three of them are going to do it.
1: Okay, Cool. Um, yeah, I know she had mentioned something of doing it like between the 12th and the 15th. So I didn't know that they had actually figured out a, a date for oh,
0: that. I'm I'm just speculating since I know the virtual is supposed to happen, I think, well, Monday, but we'll see.
1: Okay. All right. I'll have to check, reach out to her. Um,
0: so you were juggling injury after uh, Honolulu and didn't, you know, it took you a while and I'll I'll put my little uh promotional thing for stedman hawkins clinic in colorado i'm a graduate of stedman hawkins Uh, they did my knee many years ago but they they're one of the few places in the world that got it right because they're a sports medicine place i mean they asked me they said where do you want to come back to they didn't tell me well you can't do this anymore they said basically where do you want to get to? And that will be our goal is to get you back to that place.
1: Mm, see, that's awesome. That's, I don't, I mean, maybe there's places like that here and I just haven't figured it out and being over on the other side of the world from Kona. Um, <laughs> oh, sometimes- no, no
0: there, there really aren't because when people ask oh, me, I- well, if you were seriously ill, where would you go? Uh, airport.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's right. It's right. Uh, yeah, it's too bad because, you know, there's so many athletes here and, and there are some, so many issues that are such minor, you know, minor things to resolve that, you know, people are so quick to just be like, yeah, I can't do that. My doctor says I can't do that. And I was like, really? Like, I mean, I'm not your doctor, so I'm not telling you, listen to me, but is that really what you, do you want to be done? Like, are you, is is this your out? Like you kind of weren't enjoying it anyway. And this is just what you're using as your excuse to like get out or, but you need to replace that. You need to find something else that's cause otherwise you're not going to do anything. And then we're going to have other problems, you know? So well,
0: and you mentioned that like your tips now on uh, to get you through COVID has been to not drop your, uh, your, uh, your cycling. And what yeah. was, what's the second one?
1: Uh, The second one was to do core training. So whether that's TRX or on the, but focus on the core for stability and stability and strength within the core balance. So balance drills and all those kinds of things, just amazing for, for the, for the athletes. And then the third is never miss a day of movement. Do something, walk the dog. I don't care. Just do something, you know, that, so that's my three don't, don't miss a day don't miss a spin class. I mean, it could be, it could be one and a hit class or some sort of high intensity, um, one or two days a week. Right. And then your core, you can do that five days a week, like just something, something. So, you know, that's, that's, I don't know if you've seen it. I started in, um, May, a Facebook group called awakening your inner athlete. And, uh, the whole purpose of that was my clients left my house you know like they weren't coming and i wasn't able to like touch face with them and i started the zoom calls but they you know they're so used to being with me and in person they didn't really like the zoom and i ended up with an entirely different clientele on zoom than my in persons you know so now i'm trying to merge them like look this is going to be a while this is where i'm at i'm on zoom come back like come back to me but um i was working with a couple of girls one who's aspires to do a triathlon um and i just got her running she was never a runner so she's running now and she doesn't swim so that's going to be our next challenge to take on is to teach her how to swim and um and we had a couple of my clients really getting to a good place and then covid hit that i was like no (laughs) i didn't want to lose them so i immediately threw this facebook group together like okay like, if I can just keep motivating you, keep inspiring you, keep moving. Like, you can still run. You don't need me. You can just get out there and do it yourself. You can, you know, and I just was like, ah, 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 and, um, you know, I've, I've kind of let been- that intensity go. It's has been a truck to- behind me.
0: Oh, that's okay. It's just, it's just background noise. That's okay. Uh, yeah, I think it's been encouraging, even in my neighborhood here on the dry side in Waimea, that people have begun to use the street that they never had before they're out walking they're out doing things cuz we're lucky you know i know the parks are going to be closed uh what is it uh tomorrow or
1: tomorrow yeah
0: yeah the the parks are going to be closed and stuff but we have so many uh roads and 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 trails and stuff that we can go on the big island where we can still stay active and yeah i've I've seen more people proud that they can go walk to the grocery store instead of drive two blocks to the grocery store
1: right yeah it's um it's been a really interesting time just to see people's change and you know i mean even for me when i'm out doing my regular runs around the neighborhood i'm seeing different faces and i was like oh right on you know so it it is getting people to do something different i think we've all probably figured out something in one way shape or form in our life oh there goes my cat <laughs> uh to, yes, to I do
0: agree different.
1: yeah to do something different or to find another way to go about doing it for two years about, I've had clients that, you know, visit me while they're here for their like three or four months. And then they go back and they've asked me like, can you do online? Can you, you know, cause so that we can just keep, you know, when we're there, we can still do your classes. And, And I never did it. And in four days I was boom online. I was like, why does it take, you know, it takes a crisis for things to happen. And in in a sense, that was kind of what happened with me in my whole physical fitness realm, you know, I was going through a crisis and I had to make a decision, like either I'm going to continue to live like this or I have to make a decision. So I was 20 years old and I made that decision and I've never looked back. You know, there was moments, um, where i kind of i know i'm like if i can i can mute for a second oh no no
0: that's a that's okay the background of a jet is actually to be honest it's a welcome sound
1: We <laughs> had a, our neighbor cutting down some trees so there goes oh, the calendar.
0: there it goes
1: <laughs> it opened up our view really nicely um so the you know there's what i don't like to see is like you know, people have one bad day or one bad week or a bad month or maybe even a bad year, you know, like it, maybe it's this year is really bad for them and they're having a, you know, a lot of loss. I see that all the time, a lot of loss. I mean, we lost Sylvia first day of the year. Like yeah. our year has been pretty full of loss this year. I mean, you know, I, I didn't even talk about it, but Sylvia was probably the first person that really connected with my son and understood, you know, she dealt with horses yeah. and as his coach, you know, she really, um, she got him. And, yeah. and, he, and he knew she got him. So that's been a loss in our family. You know, it comes up periodically where he just starts crying and says, why Sylvia, you know? And,
0: yeah,
1: you know, and, and so you, when you, you know, when your kids hurt, you hurt, right? Here comes my emotion. Yeah. But that's what I'm trying to tell people. It's like, we're gonna have, everybody has bad moments. You have bad weeks, bad days, bad months, bad years maybe. Yeah. But that doesn't mean you have to give up, right?
0: Um, well, I try to focus on, because, you know, every once in a while, and I've been I've been doing this stuff for uh, 26 minus 73, I don't know, 50 years or plus. Uh, I always try to focus on how I feel after I've done something, yes. as opposed to thinking about doing it or anything. It's like when you're standing in the shower and you're going, oh, I really don't want to go out and run. And I'll feel better if I do
1: that's right and that is that is, and that's perfect um it's how I my my mom mentions this thing she's like I just wish you lived closer so you could motivate me I'm like <sighs> I'm right here like I'm posting the stuff you know I can you know it's I said do you think honestly when I have it like I have to I have to create a schedule because I have to see that this is my to-do today you know this is you know it, it, the brain this you will set yourself up for failure if you continue to fail yourself, right? The brain remembers that. If you tell yourself you're gonna do this and then you don't do it, then you're creating that habit of procrastinating or lying to yourself. You know, it's really, you're lying to yourself. I'm gonna do this today and then you didn't. Well, you just lied. And your brain reminds you of that. I said, but you can break that because you can just go out there and you can just do that. So you create up a schedule and say, this is what I'm doing today or this is what I'm doing this week. And you go out there and do it. And I, like I told my mom, I was like, do you honestly think that every day I wake up, I want to go on that bike ride or I want to jump in that cold pool because the pool is cold. And I don't want, I, I hate jumping into cold water. I tell that people all the time. I said, I hate jumping into the water. And they're like, what? But you're a swimmer. I was like, I hate it. I hate jumping <laughs> into the water. <laughs> it's, the worst, it's the worst part. Like, you know? <laughs> but, um, I, but you, you know you're going to feel better after you do it, and you have to remember how you felt afterwards, um, to dangle that carrot and get you out the door.
0: Well, as as a, as somebody who's in the uh, master's degree uh, uh, category, uh, the good thing is is that as as you get older, your memory becomes worse, <laughs> so <laughs> right. you don't remember how hard it was to do something you just remember i remember drinking fireball at the finisher
1: right you're like oh yeah the finish line that's a good place to be at the finish but you can't get to the finish line if you don't get off the starting line you gotta get off the starting line
0: what do you have uh, do you have anything planned as far as uh, have you signed up for any races i know uh, 100 percent kona went virtual
1: okay I didn't sign up for that. Um, I am doing the virtual uh, time trial, the Kua time trial on the bike. Okay.
0: Yeah. That's
1: next next weekend, and and I did I, I did the Hilo time trial last month, two months ago.
0: Oh yeah, um, yeah.
1: And, and they actually did that one live, and I thought, well, that's good. Time trials are good because everybody's spaced apart, so a time yeah. trial's good. So I felt comfortable doing that. I wore my mask at this, you know, around everybody. And then once I got on the starting line, I took it off and and off I went. Um, but you know, there wasn't a big crowd, there wasn't a big show up of people. So then you know, I get, it got first female, but I didn't really think of it as a victory because I was like, well, you know, my competition, <laughs> yeah. competition wasn't here.
0: But it, but it was a victory because your competition at the race was you.
1: Well, there, there there's that. My competition was the fact that I really kind of did the same time that I did the year previously, um, with, with training by yourself on a spin bike. Right. And you're kind of wondering, do I still have it? Am I good? You know, there's no races to gauge yourself. So you're just trying to figure it out. And I'm just consistent every day. I'm doing something, um, that's pushed that I know will maintain or push me towards and, yeah, I did. Um, I did the lava man virtually in my backyard. So I went yep. back and forth in the pool and yep. there's way too many flip turns in my pool. It's not fun. <laughs> <laughs> And then I hopped on my bike on the trainer and I did that. And then I ran around the neighborhood and, you know, it was like it, it kept me motivated. And part of me wants to go do Honu. I just was telling a friend yesterday uh, that I was like, I kind of want to just do Honu on my own.
0: Well, and, technically Honu has not been canceled.
1: I did get an email that canceled it.
0: Oh, the, that must have been like within the f- last, last week.
1: year. Yeah, last week.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, because I've been kind of keeping an eye on it. And I, you know, yeah. it's been rescheduled for, oh, that's right. Because it was rescheduled for Thanksgiving week, which was kind of oh, like.
1: Yeah, first, yeah.
0: You know, that yeah, would we, be tough.
1: We were doing Ken's um, tryptophan triathlon.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm sad to see that one go away probably more than Honu or anything else, just because that was such a, a great introduction for people to, to try, to do, right. you know, to try like, to do a
1: triathlon. Right, my son did it, so it was like, he, let's see, he, he's going to, actually, he makes 13 on Monday, so he was 12 and 11. We did it two years in a row. My husband and I did the um, tandem bike together. So it was like, he wasn't all about doing it, didn't really want the award, didn't want to take somebody else's medal because there's only a hundred slots, you know? So I had asked Kim, like, and he just kind of like, we want to do it as a family thing, but we don't need three medals for the family. And my husband's like, I don't need a medal. And so she did. So we did the tandem bike. And the first year my son did it on his little specialized bike. I, Grant could tell me, but I don't know what 16 inch wheels or 14, I don't know. <laughs>
0: Oh, I was I was right behind you guys.
1: Oh, that's right. That that was right. That's right. Yeah. Um, and then we got him on a tri bike this last year, and he was kind of like, "Oh, this is fun." So then he went and did the ten mile time trial earlier this year in February, and um, he, I, I think he started to feel like, "Oh wait, now this is kind of hard. You kind of have to race. Like this isn't." on tryptophan-ish kind of, <laughs> and he, and so he was a little beat, and he's like, this is kind of hard, and I go, well, if, you know, so I told him about the Kua Bay one, and he's like, yeah, now nah, I'm out, and I'm like, okay, it's fine, it's a hard one, because there's a lot of the steep uphill. Yeah, I was one. gonna,
0: I, I looked at my bike, because I, this other race that I was going to do, I, I probably needed to have some biking in there, because I can't, I, I wouldn't be able to run as much as I needed, and the... Rubber peeled off one of my tires, so I got new tires and stuff and I'm going to go, but I got no tubes, so I got to still pick up some tubes, but I'm going to go. I'm not going to enter Kua Bay, but that's my usual ride is I'll drive down to Waikala, okay. park in the parking lot, ride to the Veteran Cemetery and then back. So I'm going to see if I can time trial it.
1: Post it on Strava it'll, and then you can, you know, see where you're I did that yesterday. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this is so hard. I went, um, so after we swam with our masters, I went to bike works to get some stuff and, um, figured, you know what, I'll just do it right here. And the wind was like blowing. And I was like, Oh, it's just some wind, no big deal. And I was like, I am so tired. And you know, it's like those days, no matter how fit conditioned, whatever you are, there's just some days that are just off. Well, that was me yesterday. And then I turn around and I come flying back, and I'm like, oh, maybe the wind was a little bit harder than I was giving it credit for. Like, this is, that was hard. Oh, that know. was, should be better. That
0: was, that was like uh, uh, the Mini Monster uh, Carl's race a few years ago, where the wind was so nasty. It was behind you on the way uh, out, but on the way back, it was 50 mile an hour headwinds all the way back for, you know, 13 or 16, 20 miles, 25, oh. 26 miles and stuff.
1: Brutal.
0: Of course, I like I, I, to show to maybe uh, our viewers can understand how we are here on the Big Island. There's already the hot shots, you know, like a few people I won't mention, cyclists who are already trying to figure out how they can pick a day where there's tailwind. Yeah. So they'll have an advantage on the time trial.
1: I saw that conversation. It's <laughs> like, so, guys! I was like, well, just make sure you include me in that th- that thread. He's a safe for everyone.
0: But it, but I, I think it's good that people are uh, being able. It gives some uh, people something to focus on. You know, um, we were lucky enough to have the race up in at the winery and volcano. Um, I guess it was last oh, week.
1: Weeks ago, yeah.
0: Yeah, and that was kind of a substitute maybe for the uh, Ka'u half marathon, uh, okay. you know, because it was a trail run and stuff. And then Alex and Billy are doing, in November, they're going to do it on Jennifer Real's property. They're going to do a 50K or and a 50-mile or uh, eight-mile. I saw they were cutting the trail um, yesterday, and it's an eight-mile loop with – Four or five stream crossings
1: oh wow we were just talking about that yesterday too with my friend Dan um, because I we were wondering if it was still gonna happen since everything's been canceled in November even so
0: she's if she's got it I mean uh, it, 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 she did a great job at the the at the winery there was plenty of spacing I ran just to see as a test uh, I ran in one of these, the KN95, which is not, doesn't have a valve or anything on it, but I wanted to see if I could do a race have, uh, you know, it ended up being a six hour half marathon for me, but uh, I didn't have really any issues, you know, with the mask and stuff. I wasn't going fast enough or anything, but she, she's real smart. She's She's got things planned out pretty well. And I mean, Jennifer is a, a physician, Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm kind of putting my trust in them to uh, whether it's a staggered start or whatever we need to do, and then with the trails, you know, like like I mentioned, we are, you know, we're closing. Honolulu is in bad shape right now as far as runners, and it's not so much cyclists because you can still cycle on the streets. But you know, my runner friends, like Shannon, shout out to Shannon Flynn, uh, they got they can't run in the on the trails anymore, you know, which is. Oh.
1: Oh, interesting. Kind
0: of, yeah, it's kind of tough. I mean, um, I don't know. I go back and forth on it. I mean, I know that some people say we should open up everything, which I don't think is the right move. But uh, I think in order for us to stay healthy and active, you can't just, we can't just keep doing the start and stop, I don't, I don't think.
1: Right.
0: Do, I you don't do, any, do you do any of the virtual? What's the virtual thing called on the bike?
1: Oh, the Zwift. Jen does that. Yeah, Jennifer, real, she does that.
0: Yeah, do you do any of that?
1: She's been enticing me into that. So, you know, Jen, I got to give Jen, she started in my spin class and she'd come to my spin class and she'd do this and I was like, whoa, she's kind of intense. Like, okay, she's really focused and she'd just get into class and she's just like, and then as soon as she got a road bike, I've never seen her since, except (laughs) her ponytail sticking out the back of her helmet so (laughs) she's awesome so it's been really fun to watch her whole thing but she's been trying to like lure me into the Zwift world and I thought maybe during COVID I would kind of get into that but then you know people weren't showing up so I wasn't making money so I wasn't I wasn't seeing the need to spend any money (laughs) so I'm like well maybe now's not the time I thought it was the time but maybe it's not the time um but it, it looks interesting. It looks fun. I could see myself getting competitive in that venue.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm impressed by people who can do it and not get bored. I mean, I, I can relate to your story previously about, you know, where you were focused on uh, swimming and doing it every day and everything. Mm-hmm. I was living in Colorado back in the 80s, 70s and 80s and stuff. And I had a bike set up. On a uh, a stationary bike in a you know uh, in condos, they have a little storage unit.
1: It's okay. got no
0: windows and stuff. I put the bike uh, the stationary bike in the storage unit. I actually might have been on a, on a trainer. might have been on rollers. I can't remember okay. and, a, and a small black and white TV, every day I was working night shifts at, you know because I was emergency personnel. i would i would ride from like 11 in the uh, 10 in the morning to about one in the afternoon and then start my shift at like 2 30. in an enclosed box (laughs) which was now i don't know if i could do that now
1: i don't so i did so when i was training for iron man i was firefighting so i did a lot of my long rides on my trainer just to get the endurance in So I just set my trainer up in the Bay and you know, the guys would be washing their cars or making dinner or whatever they're doing on their off time. And I'm out there on the bike three hours later. They're like, if we get a call, you're going to be useless. I was like, no, if we get a call, I'm be warmed up and ready to go. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. And then, um, but you know, it was like, I needed to do the longer runs outside of the station, you know, and then obviously swimming, we had to be outside. So it was just the one thing that I figured that when I'm at the fire station, I ride my bike and then I'll run on my, you know, so. Where it, did it you, was, run
0: on, uh, you run on? where did you run on Kauai? Did you run up to that God awful golf course?
1: <laughs> <laughs> what God awful golf course is that? Oh, it's, it's
0: the one on the Kauai marathon course.
1: Um, oh, yeah you know, so you do- know- I have never done Kauai Marathon, and they didn't have, they didn't really have any races when I was there. They did Hyena to Hanalei, which I love. I love that race. Um, no triathlons. So the canoe clubs were kind of picking up. My friend Pam Cruz, training partner friend, she runs a uh, personal training business on Kauai. Uh, she was doing the... Koloa Days, Plantation Days, 5K, you know, so she kind of orchestrated that. That, again, I think has been passed off to a canoe club. Um, but there was, so there's a couple little things. Waimea Days, they had a, a 5K run, and then I liked that one because it was flat. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, ooh, yeah, that's the other,
0: yeah. <laughs> the other Waimea, um, yeah.
1: The other Waimea. But they didn't even have, you know, it's like they do the the meadow, the uh, cycle to the
0: meadow right yeah, up yeah. yeah Kauai was started by the well I won't get into the politics of Kauai and Maui but uh, it goes through that you start in Poipu you go through the street tree street uh, oh the
1: tunnel
0: of trees tunnel of trees and then you yeah. take a left and then you go up towards Kaloa
1: Kaleheo well,
0: you go uphill there and there's a golf course that's up there and it, oh,
1: it, looks,
0: it looks like a cemetery. <laughs> so at oh. mile 21, you can ask Bree next time you see Brie about uh, Kauai uh, course, because from mile 18 to 21 is like Coloco. Pretty much oh. uphill at the wrong spot in a race. But it's a beautiful I love Kauai. I love the people who put it on. Sorry, Robin, I couldn't.
1: I was yeah. just going to say Robin jumpers, my, I, we paddled together. She, she was on our winning crew, um, paddling. She's a so, sweetheart. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, take... her, actually her birthday's today. Kylie Moo, there's a shout out to Kylie. Um, she just posted that she wants to do, um, she wants to walk it. Anybody want to walk the uh, Kauai marathon with me 2021? So I was like, walk. And and she makes a little comment, like, I'm walking, Melissa. And I go, no, I got that message. I got it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, Honolulu so far hasn't been canceled. Although John was supposed to, I think, make a decision in these few oh. days. Uh, he's oh. the right director. I so. mean, I'm
1: supposed to still be training for my sub four?
0: <laughs> I uh, Honestly, I don't think he can pull it off. I, I just don't think with the uh, –
1: I don't see how I can. The trap. Would I wouldn't go, I don't think.
0: Yeah, I mean if he could if he could have worked out a deal with uh Japan to get a bunch of people coming from Japan that was all safe and isolated and everything and in um, somewhat of a bubble might have happened but he I mean it's the problems of any race director uh, that has if you don't have enough people you can't really afford to do the race. And I, he's just kind of hedging his bets. And I know I know on Iron Man, it was had to do with the 45-day out thing, which is I'm surprised they canceled uh, HONU because it's more than 45 days. And it's the um, uh, refund policy. If it's within 45 days when they cancel it, they don't have to give you a refund.
1: Oh, well, they gave us options to roll it into next year or there were some other halves that, um, you know, that Utah, or there was some and other York. option that we could have entered into. Yeah, I'm I just, st- just going to st- keep it. I'm for next year. Yeah, I still that's have hope
0: I- for the uh, bo- or uh, Hilo Volcano 50k because that's okay. usually the first week of next year.
1: Right, and, and I had I wanted to do that one, but I knew I wasn't trained to do that one. um come in December because I had planned out like in November I kind of do my year plan what does it look like and I had a race or two <laughs> scheduled. every month I was gonna make 2020 epic it's gonna be amazing and um I was gonna do and it was my last so this is like my last year in my 44 like 40 to 44 age group right because now I bump up to 45 next year so I was just going to make 2020 epic. It's going to be amazing. And so January 1st kind of came around and I was like, Oh, what, like, am I going to run this event on, you know, what is, it It was like the fourth or something like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. First Saturday. And I,
1: and I hadn't done it, hadn't pulled it off. And then Sylvia passed and I was like, I have to do this. I am going to get hurt. This is a bad idea, a bad idea, but I got to go. And just totally random uh mcgee and um adam yeah it, oh, oh my gosh i'm totally spacing anyway i grabbed a team together and they showed up for me and i was like wow this is amazing and it, it just all happened and i kind of have to say my whole year as as it's kind of gone downhill is really still inspired by sylvia you know i i tell people to find somebody that inspires you and to be inspiring. Like that's my, my two biggest things. Like, you know, we all live off of inspiration, something that makes us like, ooh, I want to try that. Or, you know, you see a picture of something good to eat and you're like, Ooh, that looks good. Right. <laughs> we're, we're inspired by this. We'll find something positive. That's going to motivate you to do something for yourself. That's going to make you better and be inspired by that. And then in doing that, you inspire others to do the same. And it's that whole trickle-down effect, you know, of just living good lives and being the best people that we can possibly be.
0: I think that's um, uh, maybe a perfect spot for us to, I need to let you go. I'm sure you got a ton of things that you got to do, but uh, you are inspiring. You are inspired. And I'm lucky enough to have you as a friend and uh, to be somebody that, you know, I love you guys. You know that.
1: Awesome. Vice versa. Uncle Joe, it's always a pleasure to see yourself at the races and, and see you there. You're always there. You're at every race and and it's inspiring. So thank you for thank you for sharing this platform and allowing people to share their stories. You know, I just I really believe that if people understand each other a little bit better, that we'd be kinder to each other as well. So um, thank you.
0: Okay, we can do a virtual uh, on the screen high five here somehow. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, uh, mahalos to uh, Melissa for uh, taking the time and a busy schedule to uh, uh, let me uh, chit chat with her, talk story with her, as we say here in Hawaii. Amazing people that I know. I'm just fortunate to know everybody and to be given the opportunity uh, to uh, kind of uh, broadcast a little bit, a little part of who they are. Um, Melissa's got quite an amazing story, That 90% of which I did not know either. So uh, again, thank you, Melissa. Mahalo for that. And if you want to subscribe to the podcast, please do click on subscribe. If you want to uh, visit the webpage, it's uh, hawaiiultra.com. If you want to donate uh, at our Patreon site, it's again, uh, patreon.com slash and uh, we'll also be uh, setting up a donation button, uh, Melissa requested uh, to be for uh, the Hawaii Food Bank. And tomorrow, she said, uh, although this this broadcast probably won't be out, well, it'll be out tomorrow, hopefully, uh, which is uh, Friday. It will be uh, Food Bank, World Food Bank Day. So again, hope everybody's staying safe, staying active, like Melissa said getting out if you can, being responsible, and certainly showing aloha.